I'm Elizabeth Thomas. And this is Dex the Talks. And welcome to another episode, episode five of the Bible Unmasked season two. We are so glad you joined us and we are ready to dive in and talk about God's word again and talk about our own experiences. So, um, how, Dexter, how are we studying the Bible this time? How is it done differently? Right. So last time, you know, we, we studied, we read through the entire Bible and every week a pastor would examine the scripture for that, the readings for that week. This time around, we are studying the Bible through practical, motivating themes. And by a theme, I mean a central idea that we run through the entire book. Um, so for, for instance, it's like a treasure hunt list like a treasure hunt. Like to this evening, we're doing the book of Deuteronomy and the theme is learning from the past for a better future. So I'm looking through the entire book of Deuteronomy asking, um, Moses is taking them down memory lane and I'm asking, what, what, what is he asking us to remember? What is he asking them to remember about their journey and what could I use for my own life experience from that? So it's like a real treasure hunt. It's exciting. It's pretty gripping because I'm reading the book, looking for the memory lanes, the memory, taking down memory lanes and what we're learning. And the book of Deuteronomy is really the second reading of the law. That's like the literal meaning of it. So he's recounting, rehearsing, going over for them, their journeys, their parents' journey through the wilderness. And he's pulling specific incidences and asking them to reflect on it and remember it so that their life in the promised land could be better. Yes. So our guest. So tonight um, we have Deborah Mott and Patricia Gustafson. And, um, you know, I, I, both of these women, we attend the same Bible study, which is an illegal Bible study. I don't even know how it's permitted to carry on. Deborah, I don't know if you could remember this, but um, when, COVID, when COVID shut us down and I said to them, hey, why aren't you guys doing Zoom? Deborah was like, we're going to do it if you teach the class. Yeah. <laughs> so Deborah, you've, you, you've cornered me. Um, 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 Patricia lives in, in Boynton Beach, mm-hmm. newly newly married. I, I've been hearing so many amazing things about Patricia. Um, she's a psychotherapist. Deborah is an entrepreneur, um, lives in plantation, the husband of 18 years and some amazing kids. And both of them are from one of my favorite countries, the land of some, um, Samba, um, <laughs> Brazil. Okay. Well, let's get started by a word of prayer and we'll get into our Bible. So grab those Bibles, let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I'm so thankful that we could be here together with Debbie and Patricia. May you bless our time and our study of your word. In Jesus name we pray, amen. So let's turn to the book of Deuteronomy in chapter one, verse 26 to 28. And it reads, but you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God and refused to go in. You murmured and complained in your tents and said, the Lord must hate us, bringing us here from Egypt to be slaughtered by these Amorites. How can we go on? Our scouts have demoralized us with their report. They say that the people 
of the land are taller and more powerful than we are and that we and that the walls of their towns rise high into the sky they have even seen giants there the descendants of anak mm. so our question is how has your past fears caused you to lose out on blessings and what differently would you do today um have you had a fear that crippled you that that you know, um, that nailed you, paralyzed you, but you learned from it, you grew from it, and you're going to do something different. And, and that passage you read, Liz, Moses is taking them to a pivotal part of their history, to that, that, that time when, when they spied out the land and, and Joshua and Caleb said, guys, grab it. God gave it to us. You know, we could defeat them because look, if God is with you, you are the majority. I don't care how many of the enemy is there. If, if you and God, you guys are the victory team. And Joshua and Caleb had that perspective. These, the rest of the other 10 jokers, they had 12 spies. They didn't get that. And they basically flattened the people with fear. We can't do it. They look like grasshoppers. We look like grasshoppers in their eyes. And, and on and on and on. And let, let me tell you what I've learned. And I remember, um, um, Debs, Patricia, jumping at any time. Let's jump in. Uh, let me tell you about fear. You know, fear, the acronym somebody said, fear is false expectations appearing real, right? Uh, but I realize that how I encourage people to face their fears, how I face my fear, is I ask myself, what's the absolute worst that could possibly happen? And when you think about what's the worst that could happen, it's not as bad as you thought it would be, Right? Um, but what scares me about fear is who I am becoming. Because when you keep being fearful, you become something different than you are. Fear makes you into a coward. That's why 2 Timothy 1, 7 speaks about the spirit of fear. It permeates your heart and it changes you into somebody else. I'm afraid of fear. I'm afraid of fear. Um, you, you ladies, you all want to jump in? Did you all have an experience or, or, or you, you, all would, you all would jump in on the other question? Yeah, well, uh, when it gets to my age, you have experienced a little bit of a lot of stuff. And I definitely have a lot of a lot of experiences and stories to tell on that on that topic. And uh, but, you know, growing up, um, I was growing up very, very poor. My family was very poor. And uh, that a lot of things we really, we had our priorities, right? There was like to, to, to survive pretty much. And uh, we, some fancy stuff, we really didn't think about those things. And uh, there was always sometimes that, that, the sense that okay the fear that okay is life always gonna be like this and right. am i gonna be able to make it in life right as a young right. kid growing up and that uh, you look at your friends some some of them with more resources than you and um you just keep you just keep on looking at those things and pretty much what happens here is that i noticed that throughout my life i had to spend so much time um looking at uh 
with dealing with my own insecurities because that's what fear really is. You're dealing with your insecurities and, uh, and, and then I spend too much time on that, too much time. And the fear paralyzes you and blinds you because you only see the mountain ahead of you. You only see the mountain in front of you, right? And uh, even when the mountain is start moving and the problems are going away, sometimes we get so fixated that we move, our eyes move with the mountain and uh, we don't see what is behind. It's like you're being hypnotized because you're, yeah. so, you're so afraid that sometimes you can't even move. Um, but what I learned is that we, it's not only about the problem itself, it's about the process. And uh, throughout, when I start giving my fear to God, I noticed that throughout the process, while I was dealing with my fears, he was moving. He was moving. And uh, there were so many blessings happened in a way that if I would be looking, spend too much time and effort looking at my fears, I would miss the whole thing. I will miss those blessings that he was don't, saying. Don't, 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 don't go too fast because you're sharing <laughs> a lot of profoundly deep things. I'm, in fact, I feel as if you're cheating, like you've been looking at my notes. But Tell me, Patricia, in a in the most practical way possible, how did you give your fears to God? Well, what does that look like? I think that goes with time and with experience, right. you know, You're the relationship with God. You sit in one situation that, oh, hold on a second. God showed up. And he answered that prayer. Right. And look, he provided here. He provided there. I think the collection of those blessings and those experiences that helps you to trust. So next time when you have, I'm like, oh, now I know that he's gonna show up because he showed up before. So you you you, right? you look at you look at God's resume. And the history, and and the history with me, yeah. right? So I think that will that what was helping me and uh, to build up that that trust because when trust comes, fear can stay when trust is there. Hallelujah! Right? Hallelujah! If you if you uh, if you trust, then you're not gonna have fear. So, so right. Right. You, you, you know what? You know what, too, Patricia? You, you, you said you said a couple of things I, I, I want to just piggyback on. And and fear, especially when you're talking about growing up, fear has a lot to do with your focus. Mm -hmm. you, you, you can't, like you just said, you can't focus on faith and fear grows in you. You, you can't look at God's resume, his record, you know, his history of coming through over and over for you and still be fearful. Um, the, the, uh, the other thing that I, that I gleaned from what you said is, is fear, it grows. Fear is fear just doesn't remain stagnant. If, if you don't do anything about it, it's mm -hmm. not gonna remain the same. Fear is gonna grow until it takes over your entire being. And, and if you're looking at the Israelites journey, mm -hmm. they lost out on lifelong blessings. They, I mean, they died in a barren place because of fear and not faith. And, and I think Moses was kind of walking them through 
uh, and the new generation. He was walking them through what their fathers had gone through and say, look, when you are going down memory lane, look at experiences that, that makes you afraid of being fearful, as it were. And, and, and that really, really pushes you to grab a hold of, 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 the, of the promises, the power of God by faith so that you can live a full life because fear cheated them out of their potential. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. not saying that we just, you know, I'm not saying that that goes away. Those are things that we have to deal with it constantly. Mm-hmm. And we have to constantly remind and draw from those past experiences from God's resume, as you're talking about, right? Um, can I say something? Jumpy, please. Yeah. Um, I, I see fear. I agree with, with your guys' uh, experience. We have our own, we all have our own experiences with, with life and fear. Um, Fear, I see fear in, in that situation in two ways when you mentioned in with the Israel, Israelites. Um, you have the regular normal fear that everybody have. Uh, for example, you are walking down the street by yourself, it's dark, and you hear noise. You know, this is a, the natural fear that come, like that something can attack you. I think this is a reaction of every human being have in a dangerous situation, right? And there is a fear, which is like Patricia's mentioned, the lack of faith. In the in the uh, in the in this situation, in the Bible, both of situations happen. Uh, they went to spy the land, right? Now, two of them, I think, I'm more like Caleb. Caleb, go girl. If if God tell me go, I am with you, and I know that I'm walking with God, I go. I have no Amen. fear. Amen. Now, in the other hand, is that is normal? It's kind of natural when you come to a place and you see the dangers. You see all oh, the giants. They, they for one moment they had this natural fear of like, oh my God, you know they're gonna kill us. If you don't have this 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 uh, certainty in the situation that you are in the moment, that God, the Holy Spirit is guiding you. If you're not obeying. You're gonna like you're still gonna have fear, like Patricia said, but you know that God is is with you, right? So my sometimes I have the fear that I have in life today after so many things that I went through is I fear myself. I fear my own flesh. Right, right. In the moment right. that am I hearing? The Holy Spirit. Am I obeying Him in this situation, right, right, or right. am I? Or I'm, I'm more I'm in my flesh. I this fear is a, is a fear that I always had. I I don't remember other greater fear than that through my life. I I I, 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 uh, I think anything else. I don't fear death, for example. I really don't. I, I have no fear. I don't want to die. I don't want to hurt myself, things like that. I'm not looking forward to it. But I have no fear of that. I, I, I see a lot of people talking about, oh, my God, if I die, I, say, I, don't, I don't have this fear because I know my Redeemer lives. And I know, I know that the day he called me because he's right. the one that gave me the life and he's the one that's going to take my life away 
And I'm like totally here. So I Let don't me, have this please. fear in my soul, in my spirit. Of gotcha. course, like I said, I'm not looking for it. I'm not like, oh my yeah, God. I don't. Yeah, I got it. But my biggest fear is to grieve Flesh. the Holy Ghost. To yeah, grieve the Holy you. Ghost because, you know, I don't want to lose my I, salvation. I, 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 this I don't is my think, biggest fear. Yeah, And I don't even know. I, I think that's such a healthy fear because you, you're giving a different twist on the, on the concept, which I think is so rich because... It's your fear. It's, it's, it's similar to how the Bible says, fear God and, and keep his commandments. And that fear is not being afraid. That fear exactly. is more being in reverence or being in awe. And you understand what the flesh could do and where it could take you. So that, that is wisdom. Because that, that, when you understand the flesh, it makes you then rely heavily and solely on the spirit. I want, I want to jump to question two now, Liz. Okay, let's jump to chapter 4 of Deuteronomy and verse 37 and 38. Because he loved your ancestors, he chose to bless their descendants and personally brought you out of Egypt with a great display of power. He drove out nations far greater than you so he could bring you in and give you their land as a special possession as it is today. So our question is, in what ways have God's grace elevated your life beyond your efforts? Oh, man, I have a lot to share on that. And again, you, you I, and I just picked like four acts of, of memory lane, four things that he wanted them to reflect on. One was the devastating effects of faithlessness, of fear. Secondly was God's grace and mercy. Third, we're going to come to it is is humility, the need for humility. And fourth would be God's maintaining blessings. And we, we'll get to those. So those are just four things. But Moses, he, he and it's, a, it's, it's fun. If you can read Deuteronomy, looking, trying to categorize, what are the different things he's asking us to remember about the journey? That's going to help you train your mind in what you should be reflecting on to keep your spirit and your soul alive in Christ. And, and in this one, he's not talking about grace. He's like, look, you weren't chosen because you were good looking. You weren't chosen because you worked really hard or you're brilliant. You were chosen because God loved you. <laughs> and um, I, I'm, I'm sure you ladies, Debs, I, I know you'd have heard me share this story in, in Bible study about um, like when I was at Oakwood College I was broke. I mean, I would squeeze my pockets and they would boop, you know, I just broke. <laughs> and they, 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 they needed to kick me out because I couldn't pay. I didn't pay for the whole semester. But let me tell you, I mean, how could they kick a blind guy out of college? That is not good PR. It would not have looked good. It would not have looked good. So I got away because I was visually challenged. It just is bad press. <laughs> no, a, a, lo a lot of other students that owed much less than I did, even half the amount that I owed, they weren't allowed to come back. So, so do, do, do I credit my graduating from only my brilliance, my hard work, my tenacity? I got breaks. I got breaks that I did not work for. 
and that I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't create on my own. And I think what Moses was saying to them is don't get it twisted. You are where you are, not only because you're so great, special, and wonderful, your God showed you favor. Mm-hmm. Favor. Yeah. You know, that that is so amazing and so exciting at the same time because God is saying, you know, I'm not doing this because you deserve it. I'm cool. doing this because I said in the past, I promise that I will do it. Wow. So this doesn't depend on you. It's nothing wow. that you have done for me that make me uh, make you deserve this. Is because I said that I'm going to do it. So that for me is just so powerful. You know, uh, I want to tell in the I want to tell a quick uh, story. Um, When we there are things that happened in our lives that we we put a lot of effort into it. And we know that, okay, we we give ourselves credit. Yeah, I know that. This was because I did. But there are some things that happen in our lives that we can fool ourselves. We know that that didn't come from us. We know. We know that didn't come from me. I know exactly certain things that I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. This is happening. But this is so not me. And Lord, you know me well. You know. You know that this is not. I, I don't deserve this. So. I was in Brazil, I was in college in Brazil, and uh, I was in this English class. Um, My professor that worked with us for almost a whole year, he came to me and he said, listen, this is not going to (laughs) work. You're never going to speak English. You're so bad at this. <laughs> this is not going to happen. So I I don't know. Maybe you should get another major because languages is not your thing. It's not going to work. So I, um, so, uh, I stopped the school there and then I came here and everything. And I. Uh, um, a few years later, when I went back, so my friends from college was like, oh, you should go and meet him now. We should go and talk to him now. So anyways, but then I came and uh, I decided to do college here and I did my 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 master's, my bachelor's, my master's. And uh, I started working as a therapist and, and the language barrier has always been a thing. And I know I still carry, I still carry my, my, uh, beautiful accent with me, and I don't think that's gonna go anywhere. But I remember the first time that I was invited to teach. I remember my first day that I was standing in the classroom, and I'm like, Mm-mm-mm. those students are going to eat me alive. They're not gonna understand a thing that I say here. This is not going to go too well. (laughs) But for some reason, I'm like, okay, Lord, you give me this opportunity. I'm going to try. So five years later, I'm still there. I'm still teaching. And uh, not only that, but uh, education has been one thing, one dream, one of my dreams growing up. But at that time, looked so impossible. 
I would never, ever imagine in my wildest dream that I'll be, especially after the professor told me that, that I'll be coming to the U.S. I will be a university professor and I will be finishing my Ph.D. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. uh, I know when I graduated with my master's, I cried a whole week. Because I know for a lot of people might be a simple thing, but I know that that was a gift from God. And I know the journey that I'm going through right now to finish my doctor, which it hasn't been easy. Everybody's been there. No, but I know that it's God. There is no way that by myself, I would be doing all of it. That's absolutely no way because I know me. I know my limitations. Love it. And Amen. we know, we see when God is putting his hands yes. and uh, I know that this is, I don't know, somebody prayed for me. Somebody has been praying wow. for me, it's, but it's, I know that it's not because I deserve it. I know. Is 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 PhD, is, does PhD means pray hard for Deborah? <laughs> <laughs> pray hard for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> For me, especially. Uh, but, but 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 you but you know, you know Patricia, um, when we have an attitude like that, let me tell you what it does. When we have an attitude like that, when we understand that what we have, you know, and this is the, let me just clarify. I'm not saying you shouldn't work your tail off. I'm not saying that you shouldn't go out there and sweat. You know. Oh no, expect- it comes with a lot of work. Exactly, exactly. But what I'm saying is. Don't you ever think that that alone got you where you are. But not only that, when you see others struggling, it means you have to have greater empathy because you understand that they simply did not get the break that you got. That's yeah, it. Well, not, not I have that to, Go ahead, Deborah. No, I have to share something because when Patricia was saying this, I remember the beginning of the journey because I was a little bit part of her life in the beginning. And let me tell you, this girl have a determination. My Lord. I remember when I met her, the same attitude that she have today, she had back there 20 wow. years ago. So wow. uh, it's somebody that know what they want. I really admire this in Patricia. And uh, I know, you know, like everything comes from God, even the gifts we have. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't come with the work like Patricia was saying. But there, there is things that really God put in us. And I see this gift that God put in Patricia. This determination, this girl is really, um, she's a strong woman. She's a um, smart woman. She's a go-getter. Nothing can stop her. Yeah, that's the way wow. I feel, you know. I feel that if she wants something, she's gonna get it. That uh, is really I, is a motivation I, for a lot of I, 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 a lot of people. You just you just let got me a share. Yeah, so I want to share something quick that happened in my life when I came to this country. This I know was truly the hand of God in my life. I, like I said, everything is the hand of God in my life. But even when you're his kids, which I consider myself. Uh, uh, God, one of his kids, go in ways that is like crazy ways. I feel like he's still directing me and going around and saying, no, it's not around there. So I came to U.S. um, 
And I didn't know exactly what I was going to find here, right? So I, when I got here, my cousin, Shirley, she was here already, and she said, Deborah, when you arrive, there is this group of people that they are going to go to take, to apply for Social Security, right? Uh, the, the, the Social Security card, you know, your Social Security card. At that time, they still they still were doing. They stopped doing the shut off right after I came. So, but when I arrived, I talked to God. I said, "Lord, I don't want to be in this country." Lottery, right? Yeah, I don't want to be. One of my prayers is, I don't want to be in this country illegal, and I don't know what life's gonna take here. I need your guidance, right? So, I got here and I was going to talk to this guy. His name was Roberto in the Brazilian church. And as soon as I got here, I went after him and I say, hey, Roberto, I've heard that you bring people, you know, to a group to take the apply for social security. He said, Deborah, unfortunately, this last week was the last group I, I, I brought to this place. And I don't know, was, uh, in another, it was not Florida because Florida was not doing it anymore, another state. And he said, unfortunately, it was the last time because, you know, they are closing. They're closing the states now for all immigrants. They're not doing that anymore. I said, are you sure? He said, yeah. But then he said, you know what? If you if you want, you can pay. Because um, he used to make money with this. He'd bring people uh, and charge them just to bring them and whatever to help them with that. Then he told me, if you want, there's this state. I don't know if this was Alabama or one, one state was seven hours driving. And he said, if you want, because I, I want to know. If they still doing this place so I can bring a group of people, I go with you over there. I don't promise you anything. I go with you over there. You just pay for for the transportation and overnight in one hotel because it's a long drive. I said, okay, deal. Let's try. I just got here, right? It was my first week. So I'm not going to hurt to try. So we drove, I think, seven, eight hours. And he said, Deborah, here's how this gonna do. you're going to do it. We're going to get into the social security office. You're going to apply, and when you apply, they're going to have a little uh, square there that you put, like, you are, a student, you are a student. And you, because you have to have your passport, and you have to have your your card, a little white card. At that time, they ha you have a little white card where they put how long you can stay in the United States, right? And usually, they give you six months. So you have, you could say you're a student, and you're going to study for six months. You can try this way. They they can deny. Most of the places are denying now, but let's try here. And here's the problem. When I came to the U.S., they gave me 40 days. Instead, six months, they gave me 40 days. In 40 days, I was going to be illegal. And when I went there with him, I was already here for about a couple of weeks. So I only have a couple of more weeks to be illegal. And I said, who's gonna believe that i'm gonna go to school for two weeks but i was there already and then he said okay let's go in when we got in the office there was like one person ahead of me and there was this one lady one lady one person roberto said grab this paper here it was like some papers inside and fill it up so i put my name the passport and the date whatever and i clicked that student he stayed behind me. He stayed by the door. He asked me to go by him, by myself. I didn't speak English. I was like, oh, my God, what I do here? She said, do what I said. Just fill it up this paper and stay here and wait. And when the lady call you, you're going to 
give your passport and the paper in her hand, and that's it. And I looked at the lady and was like looking and praying. So this lady looked nice. And this going back in my mind, this lady looked nice. She's going to be nice to me. So at this moment, the guy was still with her. Another man, a man that looked like an Indian guy with tattoos, like, like he came and he called me. Oh, my God. And this guy, when he called me, I looked back to her, back to my friend. And I look at him and I, I said, what do I do? And the guy was calling me. I'm like, oh, my God. And then he said, go, go. So I stopped in front of the guy. I put the papers over there. He looked at me right in my eyes. I swear. He looked at me right in my eyes. And I felt safe. He looked at me. He looked at my papers. He looked at the date in the passport and said, oh, student, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. That's all I could say. And he said, okay. Um, you can get your 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 papers in. in uh, it will be the, your papers gonna be in your address, and and you have to have address on the town. So I we gave a PO box address of, on this town, right? And he said your papers gonna be there in about a month or so. We left. Wow. wow. We left, and I didn't know what's going to happen. Long story short, Roberto said, Deborah, if you get your social security, it's gonna be a miracle. Because I never see this happen in my life. He didn't ask you anything. He just said, okay, and send you home. When I came back there to the peer box, I drove again. I went to back home here, Florida. About a month ago, we drove I drove back again there, right? I was when I opened that peer box and I see this envelope there. When I opened, not only my social security was there, but he gave me a student. He put me like as a student. In, in the with with uh, work permit, he oh, gave wow. me everything, and I was like Roberto said, I never in all these years that I'm helping people here, I never see anything like that. Somebody get the social security with like a student and with work permit so, like you had. This was wow. a blessing from so, above. So the, the, that was God for sure. No, I have no, nothing to no. do. I was I was not I was not even saying the truth. I lied. Now, now y'all, please don't take Deborah' experience and use it as a model <laughs> to learn how to trick immigration. No, I'm just, I'm just telling but you. No, that, I, I, you know, I, I, God I, I was telling me, I love you and I got your back and yeah, I'm going to, yeah. you know, it's and I met Harry, my beloved husband, for all these years afterwards, three or four months, was meant no, to be. No, but you know what, Deborah? I, I, the, the essence of what I'm pulling from your story is in spite of you. He still blessed you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, still bless you. I, I wanna I wanna jump to the last question. Wanna jump um, to the Dexter, I just mm -hmm. wanna say one thing because I think mm -hmm. this is so important. Um, mm -hmm. because it goes back to like a memory. We have to rem remember what, yeah. who God is and what God has done. So yeah. Deborah is very kind <laughs> saying all those words about me, but um it's something exciting. When you go back and you see what God has done in your life, yes. you see yes. the miracles and you know those are miracles. You know, um, it's it's the Israelites, God has just opened the Red Sea for them. And they forgot. When they Easy. saw those giants, they forgot. Yes. They couldn't, they couldn't trace back their memories to okay, hold on a second. 
Those are giants, but God just opened the Red Sea for us. A whole Amen. sea for yeah. us. He, he yeah. turned a sea into a highway for us. So I think that's what makes us so exciting about God. And that's yeah. what gives me courage so many well, times. Well, well, Patricia, I like what the preacher, the, 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 the preacher likes to say. The preacher says, he says, you know, you need to stop telling God how big your giants are. You need to start mm -hmm. telling your giants how big your God is. When you look at his resume and his record, his Red Sea parting experiences, you know he's a big God. Why don't we read the last two questions and we just chime in with our closing thoughts on those last two questions. Okay, so we're going to read um, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. And verse three says, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people need more than bread for their life. Real life comes by feeding on every word of the Lord. Verse four, for all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. Wow. Wow, Liz, I think you 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 asked the boat. The, there are two questions in there. Well, there, there are two pointers, I think, in terms of remembering. Remember, I told you there are categories of rememberings that Moses is walking them through. And, and the third one for me is remember, remember how God had to humble you so you wouldn't walk in pride. Uh, and, and I know all of us have those experiences. But the last one I, I want you ladies to give your final thoughts on is this thing where your clothes didn't wore out, your feet didn't swell. Have you guys, or, or let me ask it this way. How do you intentionally thank God for maintenance, maintaining blessings? Hear what I mean by that? It's easy to thank God for new miracles. You know, like, like you know, Patricia, you teaching in English. Deborah, you getting a social security card and a student visa. Crazy miracle. Um, by the way, I, I love you guys' stories because those stories tell me that God's mercies and his sustaining grace is fresh in your heart. And they're mm -hmm. sharing stories from 20 odd years ago, but you would think it yeah. happened six months ago. You know, th that's how fresh God, the memories, the memories of his mercies are to you guys. And I love that. But how do you, outside of miracles, how do you intentionally thank God for things that hasn't broken? N not for things that you've gotten. When last you, you said, look, because God is saying, look, you, they had the same set of clothes for 40 years. We change clothes every month sometimes. Well, every day. Oh, every, oh, every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, the woman is more like every day. <laughs> every day, every day. No, no, I, I was trying to say before washing. I mean, no. you mean to get rid of and not wear it. Yeah, we buy new clothes, I meant. We buy new clothes. Sorry. <laughs> Liz is like, what a nasty husband. <laughs> no, so, so how do you, because I started trying to create a list of things that I have that I'm going to thank God for. And I, and I said to myself, I'm not going to just be random. Like, meaning I'm just not, not going to just like, make up something. Oh Lord, I thank you for bananas. You know, I thank you that we have a fridge. I said, anything I say thanks for, it has to be something that I'm deeply grateful for. 
Uh, and I found it to be difficult, like to think about something every day when there are so many things that I have that haven't broken down. We have a car um, that's going on six years and we're praying it has another 10 years in it. I said, Liz, to Liza, who is three, needs to drive that when she's 16. But how do you guys do that? I don't know if you guys have experience with that where you thank God for things that you have, not for things that he's giving you or for some miracle, but things that, that you have that's been sustained by him. Mm. Um. I, uh, my, like I told you, my biggest fear since growing up, it was like, you know, that I'll always have what I needed and uh, God has been so merciful to me. Uh, even yesterday I was talking to one of the sisters from the prayer line and I was telling her, you know, sometimes I just see him on my porch looking at the lake and I just praise God. Because I can't believe it, that he has really provided everything for me that I needed and much more, much more than I ever wow. expected. Wow. And uh, I like to marinate in those blessings sometimes. Go on. You know, I love to enjoy those blessings and to just reflect. And uh, I like to make a list. I right. like to make a list, like right. especially now the beginning of the year, I make my prayer list for the year, my husband and I, and then we also go through the list from last year. Patricia, uh, Deborah, you guys are stalwart of, of, of faith. I, I love your courage and I thank you for jumping on the Bible on Mask season two and just celebrating God's goodness with us. Next episode, episode six, is going to be amazing. We're going to be doing Growing Your Grit Through Grunt Work from the book of Joshua. I'm, I'm bringing um, a couple of interviewees that's really, really going to touch you deeply. You would hear how they have persevered through tragedy, their triumph through adversity, as we look for that theme in Joshua. So read ahead, read Joshua and ask yourself, what lessons do I learn from his experiences, the experiences of the Israelite on growing my grit, becoming more persistent and persevering through hardship and difficulty? So until next week, let's pray. Let's pray this thing out. God, thank you for your blessings, for the insights, for using Debbie and Patricia uh, to inspire and bring joy to our hearts tonight. We thank you for those who will keep sharing this, for those who would invite friends in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. <laughs>